This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl. It's time to get educated on your Second Amendment rights. Welcome to two full hours of Gun Owners Radio. Your hosts, Dave Stahl, Joe Dramisi, and Michael Schwartz, will teach you about firearms, self-defense, and the laws that affect your rights to keep and bear arms. Visit GunOwnersRadio.com with questions to learn how to become a sponsor of Gun Owners Radio and get involved. Together, we will win. Now here's your hosts, Dave Stahl, Joe Dramisi, and Michael Schwartz on The Answer San Diego. All right, folks. Hey, welcome to Gun Owners Radio, FM 961, AM 1170. The Answer. This segment is sponsored by John Dillon and the Dillon Law Group. And if you have legal matters that involve firearms, then you need to call your attorney, John Dillon. If you have questions about red flag laws, gun registration, gun transportation, or maybe you need to know that your guns are California compliant. Call our trusted firearms attorney, John Dillon. John Dillon specializes in California gun laws, 760-642-7150. Or you can visit their website at dillonlawgp.com. Hey, folks, you can now tune in to YouTube live stream at youtube.com slash gun owners radio. And just hit the like button and please hit the subscribe button. We would love it. Our advertisers would love it as well. That's right. And learn to become a better self-defender with John Korea. Join us at Cover Your Asp Week in March. Learn with the best online or at live training classes. Links to register at gunownersradio.com website. That's in March. So go to uh, gunownersradio.com. And register to do all kinds of different training with YouTube sensation, John Korea. Yeah, very good. Very good indeed. All right. So January is also female and firearms month. And if you know a female firearms owner, new or experienced, tell them to tune in to Gun Owners Radio. We'll be talking about Not Me San Diego or Not Me SD, the DC Project. Tactic Gal with Bree uh, Warner will be joining us today again and more. And don't forget, share the show with your gal with a gun or gal that wants a gun. Yeah, we're talking to Robin Sandoval, Diana Mueller, and, and Gina Roberts about the DC project in the next segment. They're going to kick off. Uh, they're going to kick off uh, Females and Firearms Month. Uh huh. That's twenty twenty. That sounds absolutely awesome. Well, because you know I've been bugging you about your uh, shooting socials, which is every two weeks. Yep. Uh, just about it's it, the the open one for San Diego County gun owners is, is every second Saturday. Every second Saturday. Yeah, That's every okay. second Saturday. We have others. Are they at different locations? Private group. Um, they're it's either going to be at the gun range San Diego typically. Or it might be at Poway Weapons and Gear. Okay, so it's close. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah it's real the central. Wife, the wife is bugging me. Yeah, get her out there. She wants to go out there. Now, the other thing she had a good question about is she says, what about uh, a shotgun? Because we have bring a- it. Oh, just bring it. Bring it. Okay. Uh, unloaded and locked. But, right. uh, you know, we teach these shooting socials. take takes about an hour and a half. And we teach them all the fundamentals on pistols. Oh, so they don't, And you don't have to bring a pistol. If you have a pistol, bring a pistol. But you don't have to. Um, we provide it. But uh, we find that pistols are hard. That's the hardest to learn. Yeah. I, that's know? why I told her. I said she, she had a grouping of a 50-cent piece with a shotgun. <laughs> nice. So, well, but bring it. Bring yeah, I'm going to. I'm going to. So, so she bring, She comes down. We'll teach her all the fundamentals on, you know, all, on the, you know, all the safety and just all the fundamentals of aiming and everything on the pistol. Right. 
and then we'll have plenty of time left over. We'll load up the shotgun and right. uh, have some it's fun something. with that, too. Yeah. And, and by the way, folks, this is no different than teaching your child or your wife to drive a car. It's always better to have somebody else yeah. do it. Except, I mean, am I right? Yeah, except it's safer. That's the one difference. Way safer, yeah. Way safer learning how to shoot than uh, learning how to teach someone how to drive a car. You get yourself run over. Sure, as you're standing there. And by the way, we have to say a nice shout out. Mr. Schwartz and his lovely wife just got a new kitty. Two little kitties. Two little kitties. <laughs> Two come, little kitties. How come you only took pictures of one? Well, that was the one that was sitting on my neck. So I said, you and your neck. A little, little, these cats either hug you or sit on your neck. Have well, you noticed that? I, I barely have a neck. So if if <laughs> but if, if anyone's paying attention to it, I got to clip a picture there. Yeah, but your other cat <laughs> hugged you, didn't you? Say the first time you met your yeah first cat, Noodles. Noodle, he did. Just put his arm, his little arms right around your neck. He did. I picked him up. We were at the pet store, and I picked him up and held him, and he put his little paws around my neck. See, see, so that, see. that's it. You're you're going home. <laughs> and that's where you've got this one. Well, I'm so happy you two guys got a couple little kitties oh yeah laura's so laura's not listening because she's at home just working all up in their business making, oh getting them all squared away and taken care of <laughs> that's so cute. i love it <laughs> i absolutely love it so we're gonna have a great show now joe's not in with us today joe's calling in but he's not in yeah um he's he's being uh responsibly uh yes. cautious and attentive to his wife and she's not feeling well right so he wanted to he said ah, you know what i'm just gonna stay at home so but he's gonna call in and talk yeah going to talk about his uh his blog yeah and uh yeah we have all kinds of cool stuff we have uh darren prince who's mm-hmm. the uh, uh founder and designer of the bullet button oh really yeah so we're gonna talk about that okay um of course he also owns north county shooting center uh joe's gonna give us his blurb on uh he's gonna talk about his uh uh his uh blog that he wrote his article right. i'm gonna do a gear review i will, you're doing a gear review oh yeah and we're gonna do it on the uh on my optic i'm gonna we're gonna do a, a it's the the trijicon oh uh, that's not a tennis racket mro <laughs> i'll be darn. and just for a little update south bay rod and gun club will be on kusi uh next month to do a car show slash fundraiser for their well oh awesome yeah, I reached out to him. Good. I, I, I had to talk him into it. He goes, but, but do you want this yeah, well? Just do don't it. you? Just do it. It's not costing you anything. So what are you doing? Are you having some cars? I'm going to get some. Well, turns out guns and cars are not that far apart. Turns out a bunch of folks that belong to the, hey, can we bring our car down to KUS? <laughs> so I don't even have to find him cars. So we're going to do a, bring some cars down. Uh, I've talked him into doing... Um, what do you call that thing? Uh, GoFundMe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. You know, and, and so, yeah, so we're going to see if we can't help them get a well. So when people are down there, you know, they can have nice, clean water to drink. And Well, it, yes. it's if you, if you didn't hear in the last episode, uh, Lemon, I'm sorry, uh, South Bay Rod and right. Gun Club. Go to their website, South Bay Rod and Gun Co- uh, Club. Uh, go to their website. Google them, South Bay Rod and Gun Club. They need $150,000 right. to build a, a well so they can get fresh water. Not so they can, you know, take, take showers and take a bath. Yeah. Because the county's saying, we're going to shut you down otherwise. You well, it's got nitrates in it. And it seems like all of San Diego, uh, you know, you know, groundwater has got nitrates in it of some kind. So it's become a, a real issue. I understand the city trying to take care of it. And I told him, I said, well, let's find us a, a well guy. He says, eh, it's got to be a special well guy special that knows how to do. Well, because you have to seal... <laughs> Somehow seal off the well and then do all this stuff. What so, the heck's a nitrate? 
I don't know. I think they're in hot dogs. I think they are too, and they taste very good. I, I thought it was like when when that's right when like cheap hotels got expensive. That was the nitrate. Yeah, that's what I. <laughs> there was the day rate. The, the night rate. No. <laughs> All right. So hey, did you have a good New Year's? We had a great New Year's. You know what we did? Uh, what did you kinda, do? Kind of funny. We we spent it with friends that we never get to see, um, which is awesome. Uh, what did you never get to see him or it was awesome that you did get to see him? <laughs> it was awesome spending time okay um and uh, we, you know like you know how life just gets busy and next uh, thing you know it's been like six months and you haven't seen your buddies and you know i know so we went and spent just just the four of us two couples and we decided to we found out someone read that if you start forrest gump the movie at ten thirty eight, that at midnight it's you're celebrating New Year's with Lieutenant Dan when he celebrates New Year's in New York. And it, it works. It worked. It turned into it turned into like an hour and a half discussion. Oh. I don't think we're gonna do this right. Well, I think it's too long. Well, I don't think it's long enough. Why well, well, did it pause it? No, don't pause it. Fast forward it. So it turned into an hour and a half discussion and then nailed it. Five, yeah. four, three, two, one. Happy New Year. Everyone looked at, at our at our phone. Uh-huh. It was midnight exactly. Bingo. So. How cool is that? <laughs> That's what we did. Is this going to be a tradition now? It's yeah, it's a tradition. I got a sneaky feeling. Yeah, Laura, Laura can. Everything's a tradition. So. Oh yeah, she's a traditionalist. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, she likes that, huh? Yeah. So, so yeah, it was fun. How about so, you? How was yours? Uh, what did we do? Uh, we actually didn't really do. Uh, oh, I wa- we watched the uh, Die Hard. There you uh, go. Marathon nice. Die Hard one and two because you know one was the. And then I was in bed by ten, but yeah. that's another story. Ho ho ho! Now I got a shot, or now I got a machine gun. Yeah, right? <laughs> that's the best movie. I'm yeah. telling you, it's absolutely great. All right, let's take a break because we have got a full packed hour and a half staring you in the face. Actually, an hour and forty five minutes, right here on FM ninety six one AM eleven seventy. The answer. Welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, educating you on your Second Amendment right. Now, here are your hosts of Gun Owners Radio, Dave Stahl, Joe Dramisi, and Michael Schwartz on The Answer San Diego. All right, folks, welcome back to Gun Owners Radio right here on FM 961 AM 1170. The Answer. We are so proud to welcome the National Concealed Carry Association on as a 10-ring partner. NCCA exists to serve the Second Amendment community by providing a nationwide network of 2A advocates. Offer elite self-defense and concealed carry training from the nation's top instructors and provide rock-bottom pricing on the best selection of gear and accessories. Learn more about them at the National Concealed Carry Association.com. All right, who is your special guest today, sir? We have very, very, very special guests. Uh, one is my one of my very favorite people on the whole planet. Her name's Gina Roberts. She's a founding board member for San Diego County Gun Owners. Uh, and the other is uh, Robin Sandoval. And uh, they are both here. Both ladies are here to talk to us about the DC project. Now, I'm assuming that has nothing to do with comics, right? That's not that DC? <laughs> not that DC. Although it is it is a marvel, but it's not that decent. Ah, right. Right. Enough, enough, enough of that. Enough of that ridiculous. So tell us. Enough, Michael. Yeah. yeah. So welcome, welcome, welcome to the show. So happy to have you guys back. Um, tell us, first of all, uh, Robin, tell everybody who you are a little bit. Um, my name is Robin Sandoval. I'm the executive director of A Girl and a Gun Women's Shooting League. 
And I have been on the advisory board and the board of directors for the D.C. project since it started. So I have made frequent trips to D.C. as well as working here with the Texas legislature to protect our gun rights. That's awesome. And thank you for all that you've you've done. I'm well aware of the good work that you've done, and and it's fantastic. Thank you, Robin. And Gina, I gave a little bit of an intro, but tell, tell the folks who you are. Um, okay, and uh, first of all, thank you for acknowledging my uh, founding member of the uh, San Diego County Gun Owners. That is one of my proudest moments. Uh, I unfortunately didn't find a DC Project until the second year that they were around. Um, I actually found it through a Girl in a Gun and uh, after I was helping with them. Um, I'm also the California State Director for the state version of the DC Project, where we're trying to do the same thing in Sacramento um, that we... Uh, are doing in uh, Washington, D.C., and I've been there three times now. Awesome. Um, okay, and now that, that thing that you guys are doing, uh, Robin, tell everybody, wh- what is the D.C. project? How did it start, and what are, they, what are you guys looking to accomplish? Well, basically, we're trying to share the faces and stories of gun ownership from the female perspective to really give a different voice to the stereotype of the American gun owner. So that's kind of what started was, uh, Diana Muller is the founder of DC, she, the DC Project. She was in DC meeting with her legislator, and she thought, wouldn't it be great if we had constituents from every district coming to these offices, women who were sharing their stories? And so she reached out to a girl in a gun because we have women across the country. And so that's kind of how I got on board. And the whole point is really to, to make a, a counter offer to um, other voices that are out there in the in the in the chaos of this, of the noise, you know, those, those counter voices that I always tell people when I meet with members of Congress, I remind them that the moms that make demands to take our rights don't speak for moms like me. So all of us are going to share our voices and and make sure that all sides of the coin are being heard. That's excellent. And I, I, I appreciate you, you, you pushing back like that. It's unbelievable. Um, the liberties they take, uh, we're talking about moms demand action, which is an anti-gun group. Um, and the liberties they take when they talk about who they speak for, you know, and, and they make it sound like they speak for all women. They makes it sound like they speak for, for all moms. And, uh, I mean, it's, it's, you know, downright inaccurate because I know a ton of moms and a ton of women, um, that have n- nothing in common with the message that, uh, uh, moms demand action have. So what exactly do you do? What, what's the actual uh, process you guys go through? or what, what's the, what, How does it work, I guess? Well, there's a number of ways people can get involved with us. They can subscribe to our newsletter so that they know what's going on in their state, so that if they want to participate on the state level, they can give a donation that helps us get the word out. There's a lot of costs that go involved in communicating. You know, Moms Demand is operating on, you know, multi-million dollar budget. So here we are trying to, kind of counteract the red shirts with our teal shirts to create a visual of moms who are for our gun rights. So having donations helps us travel to these different rallies and to get our voices out. Um, And then also just going to D.C. So we travel to D.C. once a year. We try to this year. We couldn't because last year we couldn't because of COVID. But we try to meet on our state capital grounds and on our national capital grounds. Again, just to give that recognition that, that the anti-voice is not the only voice out there and that takes a lot of travel and a lot of commitment but also just getting involved on the state level and the local level to know your representatives we give them language of bills that have been introduced things that you can write your legislators to say Um, for example i'm a constituent in this district and i want to go on record as opposing 
House bill, whatever, just giving people the language sometimes. A lot of times gun owners think, oh, we have the NRA or we have the GOA or we have the SAF. I don't need to do anything. And nothing could be further from the truth. And so we are trying to rally those women together and and men and get the word out of things that people can do to make a difference. So a group of women, uh, you guys go to Washington, D.C., and you actually meet with with, uh, members of Congress? Yes, we go to all of our constituent districts. So how does that talk about that? How do yeah, Gina? How does that work? How do you you know how does the how does anybody get an appointment with a yeah? Do you have yeah? Do you have to set everything up like weeks and weeks in advance? Yeah. How do you decide? Or you just go knock on the door? Um, Let me answer that a little bit. Um, I'm I'm a uh, this is Gina and uh, I'm kind of a knock on the door and you know crash the party kind of a constituent uh, because it is really really hard. other than getting a, an appointment with your direct uh, um, uh, representative, I, I mean, it used to be really easy for uh, Daryl Issa and uh, and Duncan Hunter and those guys. But when you want to get a, uh, an appointment with Diane Feinstein's group, it's easier just to show up. Mm. And um, so I'm uh, I'm kind of the the rebel in the crowd of just taking people. Well, actually, the whole crowd's pretty rebellious. But uh, um, you know, just walking the halls and knocking on doors basically it's kind of the same the same thing about all politics all politics are basically one-on-one communication and uh, and if you if you can't get them to respond i've never gotten harris's people to respond um i mean they don't even answer their emails we just show up and and ask to talk to their uh, person that does second amendment stuff and believe it or not almost all of them do um and you guys go in. You go in with a with a purpose, like, "Hey, this is the message we want to get to as many folks in Congress, uh, you know, this quarter, or this month, or, or on this trip, or or, or what? Yeah. Or, or do you tailor it to each person, or how, how do you what do you how do you know what to say once you get there? Usually, we have uh, well, like the last time we went, it was uh, red flag laws were really a big deal, and everybody was talking about them. So we all had a kind of a spiel about how bad red flag laws are and, and how they uh, circumvent the, the um, constitution and all sorts of stuff. And then you can kind of just tailor things when you're there. Um, well, a lot of these ladies have really, really um, sad stories that just need to be told to a lot of, and to get the attention of some of these people. And some of them are so callous, they don't even care. Um, so um, you, you need to kind of tailor it to the, uh, the response you're getting. Some of them are just incredibly responsive and and good. Um, I remember we got an extremely good response out of Chuck Schaumer's chief of staff one year. He's like, um, you guys didn't ask us for anything. You just came and talked to us. And we're like, that's kind of what it's all about. It's about education, not legislation. So Interesting. So, why, so Robin, you were saying that uh, it was important, you know, to the D.C. project that the women gun owner perspective gets out there. Why is that important? Why is it important to have a women's perspective when it comes to gun ownership? Well, when you're walking the halls of these congressional offices, it wasn't uncommon for us to see Moms Demand there. They're very noticeable in their red t-shirts. They have this branding. And a lot of times people think that when we come in and want to discuss Second Amendment issues that we're obviously going to be on their side. It's just kind of a given, an assumption made. So it's actually a really nice surprise to them. And I love seeing that surprise of them saying, wait a minute, you your four guns and just have that moment where here I am. I'm a regular mom. I'm a regular person. 
I just want to show you who we are and what we're about. And like Gina said, we have a lot of women that go with us with very compelling stories of how their firearms save their life. They having a firearm change their life, save their life. Having, not having their firearm put their life in grave danger. So having these stories where they can, you can sit and talk to them about it and they, they may not know. And a lot of times the Second Amendment staffer, usually every office has a staffer assigned, and sometimes you can talk to them about legislation and they might not even know. You know, when we went and spoke about the Violence Against Women Act, they were shocked at women coming in opposed to the Violence Against Women Act. We had to explain to them it was the red flag laws um, provisions in there. So a lot of times it's just kind of that, um, you know, just that surprise moment that we have where the light bulb goes on and, and we kind of break that stereotype for a moment and are able to open a dialogue. Yeah, I think that's important. You know, the, the red flag, especially the, you know, the gun violence restraining orders are, are really bad. Um, we actually, one of our members, were, uh, she's writing an op-ed, which uh, should be out uh, fairly soon. Um, she was accused of, uh, threatening some, threatening, a, a, her, her soon to be ex-husband. She actually busted her ex-husband cheating on her. Um, and the, the ex-husband accused her of threatening him with, with a gun. Um, and so she was slapped with a uh, gun violence restraining order. She had to uh, bail out of jail. Um, you know, they, it, it was a mess. She had to go to court, spend thousands of dollars. The, the kicker of the story though is the husband said, you know what? I need to retract that. I need to, that, that statement I made untrue. I need to retract it. And the city attorney said, if he retracts it, we're going to prosecute him for filing a false police report. So they had to continue to go through the process, got in front of the judge and the judge threw it out. said, this is the most ridiculous thing ever. I mean, it is, it's, it's bad. These they're, they're predatory. You barely have to have any kind of evidence i mean it's really just a um a, a a claim and and boom you you're slapped in the middle of a you're guilty legal, yeah first. truly guilty until yeah. uh, proven innocent is really really bad Terrible. i'm glad you guys are standing up for it um so what's uh how is covid affected everything for you guys it's been difficult it's been horrible i uh i got up to sacramento like the week before i went to dc project training in um in Orlando, which uh, ended on the, like the 15th or 16th of March. So you can imagine what I came back to. Because um, uh, I was trying to go up to Sacramento and kind of, you know, open the doors, meet all the legislative, uh, you know, all the communications people and so that you could find the right people and they would know who you were when you called to try to make an appointment, which helps a lot. Um, so basically, after COVID happened, they shut down the state capitol. So when in California, we pretty much weren't able to do anything. And in fact, I kind of stopped pushing it because it was a little bit of a, of a hollow request at that point in time, because, uh, um, I mean, <laughs> our, our lovely state pretty much shut down the ability for the uh, public to have any interaction with our legislators. Um, so I had people start and write letters and things like that. But, nice. Um, All right. Well, listen, we, we got to go to a break real quick. We're talking to Robin Sandoval and Gina Roberts from the D.C. Project. We're going to go to a break. We're going to pay some bills. Yep. And then we're going to come back and talk some more. Absolutely. For another hour and a half on Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The Answer. There's more Gun Owners Radio with Dave, Joe, and Michael to come on The Answer San Diego. Thank you. All right, 
folks. Welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. Hey, the California assault weapon law make it almost impossible to own an AR-style rifle. What's the solution? Buy a Cali key for your rifle. Simple. Cali key converts any mil spec direct impingement AR-15 or AR-10 into a bolt-action rifle so it can have all the features without being considered an assault weapon. It's a true drop-in solution. No milling, no aesthetic modifications, and no turning off your gas system. Keep your entire AR collection intact for the price you can afford with Cali Key. Check out Cali Key at CaliKey.com. That's K-A-L-I-K-E-Y.com. And for those of you watching our show online, please hit the like and subscribe button. We would appreciate it. All right, we brought our special guest back. By the way, Rob and I... Had to dump a couple of friends, but I just friended you on Facebook. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> just thought you'd know. So if you see that, I already friends with Gina. How you doing, Gina? Gosh, it's been so long since we've talked to you. I was one of the friends he dumped. <laughs> True. Well, that's showing obvious intelligence, sir. Mike. <laughs> Ooh, hey. So anyway, we were talking. Let me ask you this, Gina. Is there a sweet spot when you go to Sacramento as to when to try to get into these people you know in the world of sales you never go in be- after you never go in before 10 or after three does that kind of i just curious um well in sacramento it's pretty much uh anytime after nine because most of the staff is in there and uh the uh, you know you're gonna mostly uh, most often talk to staff because you've got to get them interested mm-hmm. and then once they're interested if uh um, then they'll go get their principal, and um, so or set you up an appointment later in the day to come back and see the the um, representative. The um, but yeah, it, it's just like sales, and it it takes the same uh, chutzpah, I guess is the right word for it. You just mm-hmm. need to get out of your comfort zone and go in and say, hey, these guys work for me. You know, it's not. There's a lot of a lot of people that are running around afraid of the representatives saying, oh, these people are so special and they're so wonderful. And I oh, know they're not. They're human beings and they work for you. Exactly. So, um, and uh, unfortunately, they sometimes forget that. So sometimes you just need to remind them. <laughs> yeah. So what's the worst story you guys have? I, you know, what's who's who was the worst? Who's somebody that, that uh, you tried to see or you did see? And they either they're staffer or they were just horrible. <laughs> we um, haven't got that kind of time. <laughs> uh, Robin, do you do you know the story of um, uh, the or the young lady shooter? I don't remember which office it was um, two years ago. Um, yeah, we had a girl from Virginia who went and met with her staffer. She's a junior three gunner, really bright girl, super competitive, um, committed to her sport. All-American kid, a kid that you couldn't not love. She's a straight-A student, super great kid. And this staffer was so offensive to her that everybody's jaws were just dropped on the floor. And she held it together, but once they got outside the room, she cried. And everybody, all of us mama bears, were very upset that they made this this girl cry. But there have been situations like that where people just don't even realize what they're saying. And they don't understand the passion that we have for the Second Amendment. And they don't understand... um, you know, where we're coming from about it and why we would travel all that way to tell our story. So there have been times when, when they don't get it. Are you allowed to tell us who, who staffer that ah, was? You're as bad as I am. <laughs> Honestly, I don't remember. 
um, I just I just remember the the girl and who it was. But there have been lots of times when um, there's there have been members of Congress who are really great um, who want to show off their own collections and their support. There's so many great two A con- congressional members up there, but then. There's, um, you know, it works on both sides of the aisle. Is it Republican versus Democrat? Unfortunately, for the most part, yes. Really? Yeah. You, there's no de- you, no friendly Democrats out there? There have there been, yeah, there's been some middle-of-the-road Democrats. Um, it really just depends on the district. You know, we try to meet with people who are have a constituent in that district, so it makes it more personable and, um, you know, just try to share our stories and a lot of times it is on party lines on who you get to see and how long you get to see them but they you know they work for us and that's i think the part that the but government officials miss that they work for us you know we pay their salaries and they should give either side the opportunity to tell the story in a professional polite fashion that's what i think whether they do it or not i would call them out i would call them out big time sometimes because on a lot of them will have Thursday breakfast or Wednesday breakfast where all the constituents can come at once. And so oh. instead of having individual meetings, you just go and it's kind of like a meet and greet. And a lot of times they will talk about who's here and do a round table of what issues are being discussed. And you'll have everything from the anti-vaxxers to, the, you know, every issue under the mm. sun is there. And um, so when we say we're here for our gun rights or our second amendment rights or however it's phrased, um, there's, you know, almost a tension in the room, uh, mm. depending on who that congressional member mm. is. But it does put it front and center for everyone in that room to hear, um, to let them know that here we are and here's what we look like and here are our stories. I know that tension. <laughs> yeah. I've been the res- I've been no. responsible for that tension. <laughs> but that's a it's a good tension to have, if you want my opinion, because if you're going to make a room tense, what causes a room to be tense? Lack of education. Exactly. And that's what we go is in this surprise them that, oh, here are the, here are these group of women that are, you know, nice women and we're, we're just like them. And I think it's a little surprising to them. Well, Robin, I'm glad you keep talking about uh, how organized and well-funded the other side is. Um, because, you know, for the most part, and I know you just said that, you know, it's, it really, really is a Republican versus Democrat fight. Um, but without generalizing too much. Folks who are gun owners, especially if you're a gun owner, you know, because for self-defense and to take care of yourself and your family, that sort of thing, you tend to be, uh, you know, a very individual person, uh, you know, a self-reliant person, I guess I should say. And the other side is, uh, uh, you know, maybe that may, you know, it's not so much their, their philosophy. So organizing a bunch of self-reliant individualists is extremely (laughs) difficult. And and yeah. our side uh, tends to have this uh, uh, this mentality. I don't need you. Well, they have this mentality of, hey, you know, all that political stuff you're doing that should all be, you know, benevolent. It should all be, you know, we don't hire professionals. We, you know, and we, we don't fund and we don't donate. The other side hires professionals all the time, mm. and they're in. They're yeah. like you said. You see them in D.C. You see them in Sacramento. And the other anti-gun folks pull out their checkbook every day, write big checks. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are going, oh, no, no, Mike, it's just George Soros. That's simply not true. And I, I think sometimes, you know, gun owners, everybody that's listening, you know, 2021, it's gut check time. Mm-hmm. You know, you really got to go, hey, man, is this something I believe in? Or, hey, woman, <laughs> is this something I believe in? Because if it is, 
it's got to hurt. I got to give a little bit more time. I got to give a little bit more money uh, so that folks like Robin and Gina can do what they do to represent right. us. And I think far too often uh, it's uh, not happening. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's very frustrating. I mean, the uh, when uh, you know uh, who's who's our favorite uh, um, former mayor? Um, I just said her complete brain fart. When he ran for president, when he had extra money, he wrote Bloomberg. a huge check like a twelve million Bloomberg. Thank you. Wrote like a twelve million dollar check to Moms Demand Action, yeah. and uh, you know we need a billionaire. Um, we as the entire gun. Um, you know, lobby, quote, pro-rights people need a billionaire. Mm-hmm. And we just need to, you know, need to make that clear that this isn't, you know, yes, we're righteous and we're doing the right thing, but it's not automatic, guys. We need to really get out there and uh, support the people that are willing to, to do things. And, uh, so what do you, what do you ladies, what, what are you thinking of uh, what's going on in Georgia? <laughs> well, let's just say that uh, I've been on the phone calling for, um, you know, calling people in Georgia, and there's a lot of people on the ground from California out there. Um, Diana Mueller spent a couple days or several days walking doors for the first time ever in Georgia. Um, so, yeah, it's fundamental because, you know, if we don't, if, if the pro-rights people don't keep uh, at least the Senate, we're in trouble, guys. Um, it's going to be a mess because, uh, it, when when Moms Demand Action is saying that they have we have elected the most pro gun violence re, you know anti gun violence right. administration in history, you should be running scared because uh, those people do not have your best interests or your constitutional rights at heart. Well, that's the last piece of their puzzle is taking away our guns. Yep. Yeah, we interviewed a guy who runs a pro-firearm uh, ownership uh, organization in Australia. Talk about an uphill battle. And uh, yeah. we asked him, we said, well, what's the most important thing in the gun world today? You know, what, what's the most important issue right now? And he said the most important issue, and keep in mind he's in Australia, most important issue is that the they win in Georgia so that uh, the pro-gun side maintains the uh, uh, the Senate. That's somebody in Australia saying that. That's how important it is. It's not just important to a to Georgia, it's not just important to uh, our country, but it's important to gun owners everywhere. I thought that was an amazing answer. Yeah, um, and yes, absolutely, and uh, it, it's fundamental. And I, I hate to put it in that term. It's um, you know this whole election has been. I mean, we almost got the house back, but we didn't, and um, so they they have the power there, and we need to at least have some sort of check and balance involved here. Was well, there a website? How can people, uh, you know, uh, shake loose a couple of shekels and support you? Go ahead, Robin. Yes, uh, the DC Project has a website. It's dcproject.info. We also are on social media, and we would love a, a like and a follow. And um, people can get involved. It's a really important mission, and, and obviously we're very passionate about it, and thank you for giving us the chance to talk about it. What was that again? DC Project what? dcproject.info. DCproject.info. Robin Sandoval, thank you so much from DC Project. Appreciate it. Gina Roberts from DC Project and from San Diego County Gun Owners and from about 47 other uh, organizations that you support and work hard for and also uh, my very, very good friend who I love very much. Thank you both for being on the air with us. Thank you both for all that you do. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. You guys too. Bye-bye. 
All right, folks, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, a whole lot more on Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170, The Answer. All right, folks, welcome back. You're listening to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1. AM 1170, The Answer. All righty now. Well, Seal One is one of our newest sponsors. Clean, lube, and protect your gun faster and easier with Seal One. Seal One CLP Plus is an all-in-one solution that cleans, lubricates, and protects your gun. It all It's also natural, non-toxic, and environmentally friendly. Seal One was founded by a Navy SEAL here in San Diego, and all their products are made in the USA. Seal One is also a strong supporter of San Diego County gun owners, so we are very proud to have them on board. Clean your guns faster and better with Seal One. Use the code GOR25 for a 25% discount off your first order on their website at SealOne.com. All right, who you got now, son? Very special guest, uh, a, uh, a, a San Diego treasure. Uh, Darren Prince from North County Shooting Center and also the inventor of the bullet button. How you doing, Darren? I'm doing all right, Michael. How are you today? Good, man. Thanks for coming on the air with us. Yeah, welcome aboard. Well, thank you. Happy New Year. And hey, just thanks for everything that you do. I uh, It's totally appreciated by the FFLs and consumer alike. That's very nice you to say. Thank you. And I, there, I'm going to add one more thing to your list of uh, titles. The San Diego County Gun Owners Lifetime Achievement Award winner. That's well, right. thank you. That was all you. <laughs> so I wanted to talk a little bit. First off, you uh, own and operate North County Shooting Center up in San Marcos. Tell us a little bit about your uh, uh, relatively new facility. You guys just opened up a couple years ago. Yeah, Stan and I, uh, Stan Tuma and myself, uh, opened a gun shop several years ago, eight years ago, to uh, facilitate that. And uh, the range itself has been up and running for about two and a half, almost three years. Uh, it's 20 lanes, uh, incredibly well ventilated and state-of-the-art great uh, target retrieval systems and and just a heck of a lot of fun so uh, located in san marcos yeah it's beautiful nice modern uh really really nice nice put together really clean uh uh uh, gun range and then your your shop is excellent your staff is fantastic your inventory is fantastic uh i really i think your shop is absolutely beautiful well thank you very much we appreciate that we've uh we've worked hard to make it so wait he has ammo (laughs) <laughs> we we do have ammo for use on the range. It, it, it's a tough time right now, guys. It's otherwise, a tough time to get ammo. Otherwise, you'd have heard burnt rubber coming out of every parking lot looking for ammo, and you would have been inundated. Just thought I'd throw that out there. It's tough, man. Yeah. Ammo, it's a tough situation. You you pretty much, I mean, you kind of have to uh, uh, make sure that you have uh, enough ammo just for folks to come use your lanes. Otherwise, uh, it's kind of a double whammy. That if you're if you sell out of ammo. You know, it makes it difficult for you to be able to, you know, rent lanes. So I'm sure you guys have to manage that and pull some back and make sure that your uh, your range customers are, you know, get their supply, right? That That is correct. Stan is amazing at finding ammunition. We've been very blessed so far. Uh, we've only been without 9mm, for example, for a few days. Uh, we have been able to locate uh, ammo other than that. But those those few days, it was extremely indicative of what would happen if the ammo supply dried up. If You're right people don't have ammo they're not going to go to a range and of course that severely impacts our business so are you getting good uh communication from the suppliers are, are they just so backlogged that they just can't keep up with the demand 
You know, that that's it. That's a lot of it. Um, I don't think anybody saw this coming. And I, I think when you look at the animal manufacturers, they actually write contracts for their raw materials a year or possibly two years in advance. Uh... So it, it, it's more than just not being able to get one component. At this point, I think it's, it's getting every component. And I think a lot of the price increase goes all the way back to that raw material. So if you're Winchester and you order, you know, 26 metric tons of lead or whatever brass a month to make your product and then you've you've exhausted that contract then of course the people who supply you the raw materials are going to be uh you know rubbing their hands and and smiling saying sure we'll get you more lead we'll get you more brass but it's going to be way outside the contract price and uh, i think we're going to feel this probably for about another year and then hopefully it will level out we'll see what happens with the election and and the the political i don't know shenanigans that are going on but um yeah, I, I see it getting better. I don't know how much it's going, how much better it's going to get, though. Yeah, and how soon? So, or how soon? I, I would say, yeah. Looking at Sandy Hook, uh, which was the closest we've ever seen to anything like this, it was it was at least a year before supply uh, normalized. So, one thing I think that a lot of gun owners uh, have to thank you for, and not just here in San Diego, but across the state, uh, when when we uh, honored you with the our our, our lifetime achievement award. Uh, I made the point that, you know, back in about 2000, there was kind of a, a renaissance when it came to uh, AR ownership. You know, ARs went through the roof, especially when, when the flat tops came out. You know, everybody wanted an AR. Um, and that trend probably would have skipped right over California because of, of, their, uh, of our assault weapon ban, uh, if not for the invention of the bullet button. And I really, really realized how just how true that was. When first off, uh, you're the only person I know that a leg- an entire state's legislature, you, they actually uh, outlawed a product that you, that, that you invented. I've never met anybody in my life who had a legislature outlaw a product that they invented. Um, but when that yeah. happened, I was showing people, well, there's a couple other different options for you. And I can't tell you how many people, uh, mostly guys in their 20s, maybe you know, you know, younger 30s, who said, oh, I, I just own a standard bullet button AR. And I realized that your product allowed basically an entire generation of gun owners to own an AR. And I, I can't tell you how important that was to gun ownership in California and how appreciated it is. Can you tell, what? how did that come about? How did you invent the bullet button? On a napkin. On, on a napkin. Uh, well, in the 2004 sunset of the federal ban, about a million AR manufacturers popped up overnight. And, you, and you're right, Michael, so there, there were a ton of gu- guns that we could now buy but we couldn't build. And our first device was the Prince 50 Maglock, which was basically a, an AR button with a hole drilled in it. You could put a screw in. But that, when you unlocked it, was unlocked, and the, and the DOJ had an issue with that. So it wasn't a, a giant jump to simply a, adapt that program, which we had sold for several years into one that would relock itself and the bullet button was born. And it, uh, it was a, a challenging ride and they, they did ban it by name, which is, which was very interesting to me. Uh, I'd never heard of that before either, but, but they certainly did. And, uh, you wear that like a badge of honor. Button. You wear that like a badge of honor, my friend. <laughs> we, we, we do. <laughs> I like going on the <laughs> DOJ website and it has the bullet button ban, you know, so we're, we're okay with it, but, uh, it's free advertising if nothing else. Um, that was it. In a nutshell, it was uh, just an adaptation of a, a previous design that we had come up with, and, and it's, it was a great ride for sure. And 
we, we were happy to be involved in, in getting a lot of guns to a lot of good people in the state of California. There you go. And it was so, amazing. So did you have anything to do with the design or was one of your engineers? Oh, no, no. The, the design was completely mine. I, I appreciate that you would think I had engineers. Um, all that <laughs> stuff was done on my living room table. See, I told and, you uh, it was a napkin. <laughs> yeah, it, it basically was a napkin. Uh, we, we use napkin works a lot. And it, uh, it was all just a, a natural progression. But, yes, it all happened in wow. a very small house in Carlsbad. Wow. You should be very proud of yourself, I'm telling you, man, because you did make an impact. Thanks. So you, we, we hope so. you're an FFL, extremely smart guy. Um, you're still selling guns. You have a whole shop full of fantastic guns. Uh, I know your, your inventory, like every shop, ebbs and flows. But every time I go in there, you guys have a fantastic selection. Um Post bullet button, what are you recommending folks use when it comes to, you know, making an AR California compliant? You know, we have we have our own system that we've come up with, which is the Patriot magazine release, uh, which we we released the day. Basically, they outlawed the bullet button, uh, which was fun. Uh, it was kind of interesting to, to slap the DOJ back. I, I think they didn't think that Californians were ready, but there were several different manufacturers. We were one of them. So, of course, we do like our own system, but we also do featureless rifles. And, and those are the two, the two systems, the two ways to go. Um, featureless, obviously, you give up your pistol grip, and that's going to be the largest detractor to that system. But, but there are some nice platforms that allow you to do that. And then, of course, the Patriot magazine release, which we, in, we invented and, and produced, allows you to drop a magazine, but only after slightly opening the action. So we, um, we can take care of you either way. Mm. And there are... There are pros and cons to both systems. So, and that was the that was the big change. You know, they of course, like I said, they outlawed you guys by name. Um, but uh, the big change is that uh, it was no longer you needed a tool to take the magazine out. You actually had to break open the action in order to take the magazine out. So, you're you're the Patriot Mag release, um, not the Patriot Clip release, the make, Patriot Mag release. Um, that you actually have to break open the action, and then it it allows the uh, the mag to drop. That's correct. So you open up the action ever so slightly. And the interesting thing about it, it's like a lot of California legislation. It's actually faster now to change magazines than it was with a bullet button because you're not looking for a tool. (laughs) So everything's built onto the rifle and you know, their, their unintended consequence. I don't know if they think about the things that they do, but it's just been to make it a little bit easier for us. And yet, you're going to have trouble clearing a jam in a gun like that. It is possible with all of the systems that make you open the gun, but they've actually made it faster to change mags and more dangerous in the event of a stoppage. So I I wish they would think and just talk to somebody before they do this, but of course they won't. No, they're not going to do that. So we just have a couple minutes. You're an FFL. You have access to anything just about, uh, you can, you can, you can carry anything. Uh, you can pretty much own just about anything you want. Uh, you see all the, you know, the pluses and minuses is all the guns. What is your preferred carry gun and what's your preferred bump in the night gun? So in, in the house is a SIG 226 in any flavor. I don't care if it's an extreme or, um, or a Scorpion Mark 25. They're, they're great guns. They're just, they're super reliable. I think they're really comfortable. That's the uh, go bump in the night gun. And then uh, a carry gun. I was fortunate enough to find a, uh, a SIG 365. And I'm also a huge fan of the Smith and Wesson MMP Shield. So those those are you know two great chances. And the Shield is of course rostered, easy for everybody to find if you can find a store that has one in stock. But it's a fantastic weapon and easy to use. Awesome. What's but, your website? Yeah. Here? What's your website? 
NorthCountyShootingCenter.com, guys. Michael, thank you so much for having me on. Thanks, right, buddy. Take care, man. We're going to take a quick break. This is Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The Answer. Welcome back to Hour 2 of Gun Owners Radio with your hosts, Dave Stahl, Joe Germisi, and Michael Schwartz. Visit GunOwnersRadio.com with your questions and comments or to learn how to become a sponsor of the show. Time to get involved and get active. Together, we will win. Now here's Dave, Joe, and Michael on The Answer San Diego. All right, folks, welcome back to Gun Owners Radio. Second hour is rocking and rolling on FM 96.1 AM 1170. The answer. Well, hey, self-defense and emergencies, they can happen to anyone. And unfortunately, the justice system may not be on your side. And if you have taken training, then you know you should have coverage for the legal battle after your self-defense battle. While you protect your family and property, U.S. Law Shield is here to defend you 24-7. 365 days a year with comprehensive self-defense coverage at an affordable price. Bad guys don't take days off and neither does our coverage. Guess what? Gun Owners Radio listeners, get a free t-shirt when you join. Use promo code GUNOWNERSRADIO at uslawshield.com. And if you're watching on YouTube, please hit the like button and subscribe and tell all your friends. All right. Hey, I think we got Joe Germisi on the line. Joe, you there? Very special call-in guest, Joe Dramisi. I don't know. Friend of the I, show. I am, but it looks like I am muted on your side. There oh, you you've never that. been muted. What are you talking about? <laughs> How you doing, buddy? Happy New Year. I'm good. Happy New Year. It's uh, a great new year coming up here. Right? Absolutely. You taking care of the wife? You take care of that wife. Yeah, yeah. She's um, she's good. I think she's on uh, like day eight of her uh, <laughs> flu experience. So uh, the worst is uh, past. Okay, good. But, deal. Um, but uh, yeah, so we're we're doing that. I, I got to move in with the dogs. So I've, I've been hanging out with the dogs <laughs> Sweet. in the house uh, for the last week. Just so, yeah, don't... It's better now that I discovered the um, the blow up mattress. You know, oh. it, was, uh, it was tough on the couch. Yeah. Hey, well, just don't start scratching. That's because we don't want you bringing <laughs> fleas to the radio station. <laughs> I remember that. So you want to put your past behind you? Come on. You, uh, you didn't have fun in wait, 2020? That's not the title. Read it again. No, it's not the title. Put your past in your behind. <laughs> that's even better. Put your past in your behind. 2020 is finally over. Yeah. I like it, Joe. I like that title. That was very good. Yeah, well, you know, there, there's no reason this uh, Second Amendment activist stuff can't be fun, right? And, yeah, um, exactly. Well, and I wanted to talk about, you know, the thing I wanted to talk about information a little bit. And it was interesting because, uh, you know, we posted the article on our Facebook page. And um, someone commented on there about the title saying it, it sounds kind of awkward. 
And, um, you know, and I replied back, I said, well, if you had young kids when the Lion King came out, it'd make more sense. And um, then somebody else commented on there that, well, maybe the guy should read the article. And then the guy, the original commenter commented back on there, you know, saying, well, you guys should proof check or something like that, your titles. And it's interesting, it kind of illustrates my point, because what I wanted to write about this time is the, um, you know, a lot of the issues and problems and things that are going on in the country nowadays um, are related to um, a lack of information or misinformation um, that people have on things. People tend to be, for for a bunch of reasons, I guess, um, misinformed or uninformed about a number of different things. And you could see, um, like earlier in the year, we had the the riots uh, that I guess are still going on in some of the some of the cities, but um, you know, sparked by ignorance and just misunderstanding about police work and crime and that kind of stuff. The whole George Floyd thing, and um, you know, if you look at the uh, outrageous government overreach fueled by um, you know the media and the overreaction to the COVID stuff. And um, a lot of people just don't understand about this stuff. I saw uh, an article today. There was a legislator in New York, um, and I think this happened on Friday, um, who proposed uh, or put forth a bill, actually, in their assembly, um, giving the governor the authority to um, have people taken into custody that he thought were a health, uh, that posed a health risk. So, in other words, aimed at people, you know, with the masks and things like that. And that's, You know, and and as far as I saw, nobody's batting an eye at that kind of stuff. And, you know, it's a dangerous thing when we have that that kind of um, thing going on. And I think people get away with it just because um, I think politicians and the government gets away with it because a lot of times people just don't have the facts and don't understand. I think people generally want to make good decisions and do make good decisions if they have good information. Um, if they don't have good information, they can't do that. And there, there seems to be, um, I don't know, just a, a lack of, um, I don't know, desire to find that kind of stuff nowadays. Um, and you can see it all through, you know, you see it in our education system. Um, you see issues with the cancel culture, suppressing free speech. With elected um, officials, they do it. They almost, I feel like elected officials use misinformation. I, I didn't, mm. you know, stop the press after you hear this this declaration here but i feel like elected officials purposely use misinformation and weaponize it they sure try to you know they they use it as leverage and try to get people all whipped up and do exactly what you're what and there's you're, no repercussion no of course none not. whatsoever and that's and that's what i'm saying it's kind of accepted now and um you know i was just reading remember we had uh, we had dan was on yeah. a couple of weeks ago yep. on the show good dude and he wrote a three-part series of books the good gun bad guy and I read the first part, and I'm in the middle of the second book now. And um, but he talks about how the left uses that um, that fear, which is based on ignorance, really. You know, the uh, the left puts out all this information or misinformation about guns, and people that don't own guns have been immersed in this misinformation for years. And what that does is it builds a fear, and then the fear generates an anger. And um, they've been using that approach for years and years. And you see the same kind of thing with the COVID stuff, with the masks versus the non-mask. You know, you you scare people to the point where everybody thinks, okay, I've got to wear this mask. And then when you see people that resist that, now there's anger at those people because, oh, you're endangering me. The same same technique they use with uh, guns and anti-gun stuff. 
So you see that kind of stuff a lot. So what I thought I'd do truly before before you, before you go into the links, uh, truly you, yeah. and 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 elected officials actually get promoted after after weaponizing that kind of misinformation, uh, specifically on COVID, specifically on masks. The new president of the uh, city council in San Diego, her name's Jen Campbell. She's actually a medical doctor. She has an MD, and she went out in front of a camera, in front of a microphone, and said that COVID nineteen is the most dangerous. Uh, virus that the medical community has ever seen that's factually untrue outrageous lie i'm not it's it's an outrageous lie i'm not saying covid isn't dangerous it is but it is not the most dangerous virus that the uh uh, medical uh community has ever seen it's an outrageous lie just like you say and she got voted she's now the president of the city council after saying that yeah and um like i said that's that technique's been used a lot so what I was hoping that people would go into 2021, maybe uh, getting a little more interested in finding information. So what I did in the article is I just I put up five five sources that I use regularly. Um, there's a there's many others. You know, I, I encourage people to just find find the source that you're comfortable with that you like and use it and stay informed. And the five I listed, um, one I discovered was uh, Masada Ayub, who's been on the show a couple of times. Um, has a, uh, a blog that's on the, um, the Backwoods Home uh, Magazine site. Mm-hmm. And um, I've been reading that one for years, and it's just great articles he puts on there every couple of days about, you know, the whole gamut of things with, uh, you know, he'll talk about specific guns, about the gun community, about the gun politics. Um, you know, it's just a really great uh, place for information. So I, I listed that one on there. Um, John Correa's active self-protection site. I mean, if you're a gun owner, especially if you carry, um, you should be familiar with John Correa. You know, every day he puts videos up there of actual crimes and John critiques the videos and shows you, you know, what did the bad guy do? What did the defender do? What did they do right? What could they have done better? And um, just great free information up there. I mean, everybody should be looking at that. Um, in fact, on John's thing, you know, we were talking about the George Floyd thing and the riots and stuff like that. There was a, um, a video on John's site, uh, just like yesterday, uh, about some uh, police in, um, it was in California, actually, that were dealing with a drunken guy that was parked on the side of the road in his car. And you watch this video, and they're talking to him. The guy's friendly. He's just not getting ahead of the car. And everything is fine for, like, five minutes. And then the guy pulls out, a, of all things, a desert eagle. He kind of starts shooting at these guys. And this is the kind of stuff that cops deal with every day. And I think a lot of times the public is misinformed about that kind of thing. So John Correa's site is a great site. Um, I look at the NRA publication site because, uh, you know, members of, N- of the NRA know that you get a magazine each month. And there's like five or six different magazines to choose from. And they post articles from all these different magazines on there, and it's a free site, and anybody can go up there and read them. And there's articles on, you know, the politics of guns, actual guns, hunting, um, shooting sports, all sorts of stuff. So that's the third one. And then the last two are um, a little bit different. The uh, last, the third, the, the fourth one is Just Facts, and it's a great site for information from everything from gun control. There's a ton of stuff on there about gun control. Um, they have a huge thing on there about COVID up to date as of um, late in December information on COVID. And you could see if you read through it, um, it's just there's so much they're telling you that's just not true. 
And the thing that's nice about the Just Facts site is they cite everything, everything that they talk about, they reference. So you can go to the information where they got it and you could, you know, form your own opinion on it. But Just Facts is another one. And then the last one, I've mentioned this on the show before, is the Powerline blog. And um, that's written by, uh, I think, four attorneys. Two of them are still working. I think one's retired and the other one's a law professor. Um, but I've been reading that, that site probably for a dozen years or so. And they write on uh, just current stuff that's happening in the country, political stuff, um, cultural type stuff. And it's, uh, again, a great source of information because it's so um, right. it's just so Joe. difficult to get information. Joe. It really is. Joe, look at your watch. <laughs> I'm here. It's perfect. It's perfect for you guys. So it's, uh, <laughs> I'll tell you the last resource, San Diego County Gun Owners and Joe Dramisi's blogs. You always do a fantastic job and I appreciate it. All right, now go cook dinner. Okay, carry on, guys. All right, thanks again, Joe Jamisi. Uh, this is Gun Owners Radio, FM 961, AM 1170. The Answer. There's more Gun Owners Radio with Dave, Joe, and Michael to come on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, educating you on your Second Amendment right now. Here are your hosts of Gun Owners Radio, Dave Stahl, Joe Germisi, and Michael Schwartz on The Answer San Diego. All right, folks. Hey, welcome back. You are listening to Gun Owners Radio, FM 961, AM 1170. The Answer. Hey, com. Remember that. PRMI Mortgage. They're up in Alpine. Home mortgage interest rates have dropped. And if you're looking to buy a refi or if you're considering a reverse mortgage, Call our local mortgage guy that you can trust. Call Chris Wiley at PRMI Mortgage. For nearly 25 years, Chris has been helping local San Diegans with all their mortgage needs. Give Chris Wiley a call at 619-722-1303 or primeres.com slash alpine. All right, normally Joe Dramisi does a gear review, but today Michael's going to do it. And I'm it's- filling in. And we actually don't have the weapon in the studio, so you won't see it well, live. You, no, you got to go to YouTube.com slash Gun Owners Radio, and you'll and, be able to see it. And what will they see? You're going to see a KSG shotgun, which uh, those who listen to the show know uh, I have a uh, uh, ridiculous soft spot in my heart for a KSG shotgun. I noticed. It's one of the few uh, firearms out there that I've, I truly fell in love with. Mm. So check it out online. You can see it. It's very very cool if you if you're look if you're watching us on on YouTube. But here's here's the deal. So KSG has had a ton of um, interesting firearms, and um, I don't think that uh, their reputation as far as as quality hasn't quite been there. You know, they've been a lot of kind of experimental guns, mm-hmm. and then this KSG came along and it just was a home run. It was an enormous home run. Most shotguns are just uh, adaptations of of hunting shotguns, and they just convert them for you know home defense yeah, or, you need, or right. self defense, you know that mm-hmm. sort of thing. A KSG was actually created to be a combat or a, or a home defense or a self defense shotgun. Um, so it's kind of it's not just an old design, you know, that they've kind of uh, you know slapped together and, and made it into a new. Uh, you know, given it a new job, mm-hmm. it, it was kind of built from the from purpose the ground built. Up. Purpose built, and my purpose, what I was looking for, and it's very important to know this when you when you listen to the review, 
I wanted a home defense shotgun. I'm not hunting birds. Mm-hmm. I'm not making precision precision shots at uh, you know 250 yards. I'm not hunting deer with buckshot or, or or anything like that. So, with that in mind, the KSG fits that bill perfectly. And I'll and I'll and I'll, t- and I'll tell you why. First off, uh, retail value. You're looking at if you can get one for eight hundred dollars, you're lucky. Right now, mm-hmm. you're probably looking at more like nine hundred or maybe a thousand dollars, up to twelve hundred. I, I did a quick search uh, just to see, and, I, and between eight hundred and twelve hundred bucks, especially now that uh, that the uh, uh, demand is so high for any gun, the actual MSRP from the website is seven hundred and seventy dollars. Good luck, uh, good luck finding one yeah, for right. seven hundred and seventy dollars. It was actually first produced in two thousand eleven. I remember when it first came out. I saw it and fell in love immediately. Uh, the MSRP back then was $600, but it got such a reputation so quick, it was so anticipated that that $600 skyrocketed up. I was watching somewhere in about 2013, 2014, which was a couple years after it came out. I was watching this gun go for $3,000. Mm. People were paying for it. Now, they made a lot of improvements on it since then. The first couple of versions of it were had a couple of hiccups, had a couple of problems. I actually spoke with the engineers at the NRA. Yep, that's it. I spoke with the engineers at the NRA convention at their booth. doesn't look anything like a shotgun. It doesn't look anything like a shotgun. It looks like a Star Wars blaster, right? It does. And I said, you know, you guys hit a home run. And they said, oh, absolutely. And they walked me through the whole thing from beginning to end. So what it is, is it's a shotgun in a bullpup formation, which means that you actually load it behind the, the grip. Okay, so when you put the ammunition in, you're actually putting in behind the grip. Really? It's got two ammunition tubes. Normally a shotgun tube, the ammunition tube is right underneath the barrel. This actually has two side by side. Uh, Each tube holds seven. So because California has a uh, 10 cartridge limit, this is under that, right? Because it's not one 14-round tube, it's two seven-round tubes. So your capacity is seven plus seven plus one. You can get 15 rounds of double-aught buck 12-gauge, which is amazing. Now, because it's a bullpup uh, and it's not just an adaptation of a hunting rifle, it's 26.1 inches overall. So that is 1.1 inches longer than the legal minimum. (laughs) So it's, it's small. Why is that important? Well, when you're out in the woods, uh, you know, length of a firearm, not all that important. I mean, you typically see hunting shotguns with 30-inch barrels, not important. Home defense shotgun, it's important. Why? You have hallways, you have doorways, all kinds of things can get in your way. So chopping off four, five, six inches, depending on the shotgun you compare it to, is huge. Huge. It's actually probably when you're when you're thinking about space, you know, how much space you're taking up, you know, if you're coming up with, you know, your plan or whatever, and this is something... It's really more like a pistol. You're really kind of, you know, more of so like a pistol than a shotgun. So a little handle up front, is that, can you put that on in California? You can. And we're actually going to get to that. Okay. So, so I digress. Yeah, yeah. And that's actually the third plus. So plus number one, huge capacity, 15 rounds. Plus number two, it's only 26.1 inches. Plus number three is, it's a lot of room for accessories. So it's a flat top uh, with a rail. Um, there's a lot of room for accessories. It actually doesn't even come with sights. Uh, you can pick your sights, and there's all kinds of different things you can do. Uh, the minuses, however, tactical or emergency reloading, near impossible. 
So a tactical load is if you shot a couple rounds, you still have some left, but you know, there's a lull in the fight. You want to put some rounds in. It's near impossible in a KSG. <laughs> it's really difficult. You definitely got to shoot all your ammo out first. You put you have your 15 rounds and then you're done. You're not going to say you, you almost have to, you know, like when you're a kid, all it, all yeah, it. time out time. I have reload. It is really, really difficult. No, is it impossible? You buy two. Yeah, there you go. Do the New York reload. Yeah, right. It's not impossible, but it's really, really difficult to load or and reload under pressure. Thing. It's difficult. It's difficult. Uh, racking the slide is hard. You have to when I when I for those who don't know what I'm talking about, racking the slide is when you're you're uh, uh, working the action of the gun mm-hmm. so that you load a uh, cartridge, yeah, from the ammo tube into the uh, into the chamber. You have to rack this thing. You know that that the thing you hear in movies all the time that. Yeah, that's racking the slide. On a KSG, it is hard. You got to rack it like you mean it. Really? Short stroking it is really, really easy. So um, when I show people, hey, this is a KSG, do you want to try it? I have to tell them, hey, you got to rack this thing like it stole something. Right. You got to really pull back hard. You got to really push forward hard. Now, do you have to do it on every round? Every round, yeah. It's pump action. So that's a challenge. The action in general is actually kind of rough. See, you know, then the wife wouldn't like that. I well, she likes her Mossberg. Yeah, I, I, so I, t- yeah, she'd probably like her Mossberg's a little bit the five hundred, a little bit more of a butterier. Uh, yeah, it know, is. It's super uh, easy. And- but I firmly believe there really are no uh, anything can can be overcome with training. But what I was going to so. just say, the more you get used to this thing, racking it. I, I'm sure because you don't have any trouble with it. I don't have any trouble because you know because I've trained and you know what you have to do with it because I've trained with it. Now there are three must-haves. So we've gone over the pluses, we've gone over the minuses. You know the action's rough, racking the slides hard, tactical or emergency reloads near impossible. Those are the minuses. The must-haves. If you buy a KSG, there are three must-haves in my humble opinion. Uh, the ammo tube selector is a little lever that 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 you know hangs down at the bottom mm-hmm. uh that's how you know which ammo tube you're using so once you go through seven rounds oh, i got you there's flip a it. little lever you got to flip it and then it goes through the other seven rounds the one that comes with the gun is like a little nub you got to get the extended one otherwise you're going to be fishing around for it and it's a big pain in the butt and that i don't know that's like 30 bucks can you get a chrome eight ball <laughs> that'd be awesome like a hot i like it a little chrome eight ball <laughs> foregrip now you were just asking about the foregrip that just seems like a natural not only do you have to have a foregrip because this thing is so tough to rack it has to be a quality foregrip because it's so short your hand your foregrip and your support side hand is now really close to the muzzle so if you get some chinese made you know plastic malarkey and you rack that thing like you mean it and that breaks the foregrip breaks and comes off you know you you, hopefully you'll pull back all your fingers Uh, so uh i haven't had i I, so i have a nice metal so where did you get yours did you get it from these guys do they make one for this gun i don't know if they make one i actually got one i got one from gunfighter tactical lee is an is an awesome guy and he uh he introduced me to a metal one i I can't remember who the manufacturer is i'm kind of embarrassed by that but get a metal one get a nice high quality one i think you're probably spending about like 50 bucks Maybe oh, a little bit more there. Nothing. Uh, and then sights. We were talking about sights. But it doesn't what sights did you decide on? So I now have on there, and you got to have a flashlight too, but that's every gun. Um, I now have on there Magpul AR sights. Don't really like those. I, I'm still looking, and that's kind of an issue. Somebody out there has to manufacture a sight specifically for a KSG. 
I'm thinking like a Trigicon uh, MRO might work, mm-hmm. which is just a big red dot. But honestly, if it were up to me, I'd have a big, huge glow-in-the-dark lollipop sitting out there on the front, you know? Um, because again, this isn't a long range precision weapon. Right. This is a, Hey, he's in my house at the end of the I'm hallway. I'm going to really hurt you, but I love my KSG. It is absolutely my bump in the night gun. I am literally trusting my life to it. I've taken it, worked with it. Uh, I, I really, really, truly love it. I think it's, it's just so innovative and awesome. Uh, that's my KSG review. Mm. How about that? Dave? I thought that was an awesome review. You did. A, I like the plus and minuses. Thank you. Cause we have to do plus and minuses. Nothing's perfect. Yeah. You know, everything's and and just because you love it, somebody else may not. Do you find this at like some of the ranges in their rental fleet? Yeah, and just about every range has it on their rental fleet. Some of them rotate it in and out. Okay, that's what I recommend you folks do. And trust me, anytime you're gonna go buy a gun, go to a range that has it first yeah. and rent it. I know the gun range San Diego, I tried one out there. In fact, I broke there successfully. <laughs> they had to take it back and fix it. But that's what you want to do. Go break somebody else's yeah. gun. Yeah. And, then, <laughs> and they don't care. It was my fault, but I didn't break it. Yeah, but I, they did. had to. Yeah, you big gorilla. You <laughs> broke it again. KSG. Love it. 12 gauge. Check them out. All right, folks. We're going to take a quick break. This is the Gun Owner Radio Show. FM 96.1 AM 1170. The Answer. That's a great, great story. Maybe not, maybe not airworthy. Maybe but. not airworthy. <laughs> hey, folks, this is Gun Owners Radio, <laughs> FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. Yeah, I don't think we're going down that road. Now you made me all messed up. I got to find the page I'm on. Hey, our show needs your help. We live in a state where your self-defense rights are quickly eroding. So let us be your voice to help defend and restore the Second Amendment. Help spread the word about the fight. There's two easy ways to do it. Like and subscribe to the show on YouTube, Facebook, Parlor, Spotify, the podcast, or whatever way you like to listen to the show. And number two, share the show with a friend. Thanks for tuning in. And remember, together, we will win together. Hey, we got Big John. John Dillon's on the line. Sponsor, lawyer, and all-around great guy. What's up, brother? Hey, hey, guys. How's it going? Dang, I didn't even know if we'd ever hear from you again as busy as you've been. <laughs> yeah, it's been busy lately, but uh, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. Yeah, same to you, man. How's the family? How's the family? Family's great. You got, what, two uh, got- more two more kids since I last talked to you? <laughs> well, I still got the two, but I got one more on the way coming in March, so okay, I'm get even more crazy. I'm going to bring you a VCR. I have an extra one. It's okay. You won't you won't have a problem with it. Well, congratulations. Thank you. So, yeah, uh, John, yeah, there's a couple of things I want you to talk about. Why don't we start with the amicus brief that you wrote on behalf of San Diego County Gun Owners? Yeah, how's that doing? Yeah, so uh, months ago, we filed an amicus brief, which is a friend of the court brief, uh, in a case that, uh, and this was on behalf of San Diego County Gun Owners, uh, San Diego County Gun Owners is not a party to the case, but because the you know our Second Amendment interests, we felt it was only proper to uh, write this brief and submit it uh, in support of the plaintiffs and, and Teeter, and that's the case called uh, Teeter v. This is a case which is a uh, you know, 
a Second Amendment challenge regarding butterfly knives. And I know that sounds weird at first, uh, but you got to remember, the Second Amendment is not the right to keep and bear firearms. It is the right to keep and bear arms, uh, which includes guns and knives. And uh, a lot of people don't even know this because it's something that, uh, you know, you don't really think about, but throughout the country and in certain states, there are a lot of knife regulations and knife laws. And just like a lot of the firearm laws that are in place, uh, they were put in place for no reason by ignorant people who didn't know what they were talking about uh, and just saw too many Rambo movies. That's right. And that's the Second Amendment, like you said, keep and bear arms. And that's exactly mm-hmm. uh, what, what the, the purpose of the amicus brief is to support the right to keep and bear arms. I really hope that case goes somewhere and uh, it ends up doing some really great things. I was really, really proud of the work that you did on that. We're so happy to have you on our team, John. So there are two major cases that you're heading up. What are those two major cases? Yeah, the first one would be Jones v. Becerra, and that is the Second Amendment challenge to California's ban on uh, adults ages 18 to 20 from purchasing firearms. Uh, so in California, if you're 18 years old, uh, you're you know, a legal adult, um, you know, you still can't buy a firearm. And, uh, you know, when in the eyes of the law in the world, 18 year old, an 18 year old in the United States is an adult and they have all the rights of an adult. Uh, they should have the Second Amendment right that all adults have. Uh, and so and where are we in that, that case? Where, where's the what's the status on that? Or what when, when is, is that seen a courtroom or are we going to see a courtroom yeah. soon? So we are currently at the Court of Appeals regarding the district court's decision on the preliminary injunction. Uh, The judge in the district court just uh, denied the preliminary injunction, uh, they think essentially pointing to the fact that because there were laws back in the day that had to do with general firearms regulation, that there was enough cause to essentially... Uh, prohibit individuals who are adults from having firearms. So we appealed that uh, that decision on the preliminary injunction. So that's in front of the Court of Appeals. We've submitted the opening brief uh, on the appellant's behalf or our behalf, uh, and we're currently waiting on the response brief from the state. Interesting. And what- that's still a preliminary stage. We have not been to trial, so there's still a long way to go on that. Long way to go. And the second case that you are uh, heading up, yeah, so uh, the second one is the one that's gonna we're gonna need to pay attention to, and that is Miller v. Becerra. That is the Second Amendment challenge to the assault weapon laws in California. Uh, so we submitted a preliminary injunction, uh, well, over a year ago, a year ago now, uh, and had an evidentiary hearing back in October, where we heard from witnesses uh, and declarants uh, on plaintiff's behalf. And the judge has scheduled us for trial February 3rd, 2021. So day before my birthday. fast approaching, we will be uh, before the judge and before the court making our arguments uh, on that case. Now, what do you think? Is this like a, a, a three week long court case or a two day or, you know, what's your best guess on how quickly you think this will, this will happen? Uh, the actual hearing, uh, Right now, it's scheduled for one to two days. Uh, okay. We're doing a number of things that will uh, allow for, uh, you know, to prevent a, you know, two-week-long trial. Uh, you know, we're doing some various uh, techniques to expedite things beforehand, but uh, can't talk too much on that yep. now. Sure. 
But, um, yeah, right now it's scheduled for a, a single-day hearing. Uh, maybe uh, we'll wash over two, but anything can happen. Um, and it all depends on what the court wants. And so, yeah, all right, so February 3rd could take a couple of days. But then he's not going to issue – I mean, it's going to take him a little while to issue a judgment. Is that is that fair to say? Uh, again, no. it's hard to say. Uh, <laughs> you know, the, the the stereotype when you ask a lawyer a question, they'll just tell you it depends. Uh, <laughs> and, it, and it does depend. So, you know, some judges, uh, they use trial uh, to just kind of – they've already made the decision because, you know, we've already you know, filed all the paperwork and evidence. Uh, in the case, some judges write their decision out and they use the trial portion to kind of tie up the loose ends, any other questions they have, uh, or allow, you know, the other side to make their last ditch argument that could, you know, cause the judge to change his mind. And then they issue an order a day or two later because it's already written and they've made up their mind. They're just, you know, finalizing it. Yeah. Other judges and courts can take months to to get a decision written out. It all depends. Okay, so your amicus brief, you have two major Second Amendment court cases going in California, which which we absolutely love. Uh, that's the second reason I wanted you to come on. Third reason is we have literally tens of I think hundreds of thousands of new gun owners in San Diego and Sunday in Southern California. I wanted you to just touch on uh, transporting a firearm. Can you can you just just for all the new folks out there, or even the old folks out there that have owned guns for a while, what are the, what are the what are some of the most important points people need to know about transporting a firearm? Yeah, so uh, and the way I do this is uh, I don't tell you the minimum standard to get by legally. I, I tell you my recommendations in order to just make sure that there's never a problem. Uh, but to lay it out quickly, you know. Uh, in California, if you don't transport your firearms properly, you could be charged with, you know, public carrying a firearm, you know, con- you know, unlawful concealed carry of a firearm. If your firearm's loaded, that's an additional charge. Uh, so what I recommend for anyone who's traveling with a firearm in California is if you have a sedan, all your firearms should be uh, put in the trunk of the sedan, and that trunk should be locked. Now, when it comes to handguns, I would say you'd need a hard case, uh, lockable kind of either briefcase, box, storage bag, anything that is hard, uh, hard case and lockable. And I put those firearms, those handguns in that hard case, lock that up and then put that in the trunk. Make sure that all your firearms are unloaded. That means no ammunition in the magazines. Uh, I would travel with your ammunition in the original ammunition box you bought it in or in another dedicated ammunition, uh, you know, bag, pouch, or box. Um, I personally wouldn't recommend uh, keeping them together in the same pouch. However, uh, there's no problem with having uh, your gun in one compartment of uh, a bag and then ammunition in another compartment. Uh, Long guns can be uh, transported in uh, soft cases. Uh, I'd still recommend locking them, and if you have a hard case, you might as well use it. Uh, and then, you know, again, put all that in the trunk, uh, and then you can lock that trunk up. So you have multiple layers of protection. If you're in a truck or an SUV or a hatchback, which, you know, doesn't have a dedicated trunk, you know, I would store the firearms in those appropriate containers as far away from the passenger compartment or the driver as you can. Um, so in the back of SUV, in the back of a hatchback, uh, or even in the bed of the truck, if it's possible to, you know, 
put them in another lock container in those areas, go for that. Awesome. John, yeah, thank you so much. Now, now, there's a lot of people out there. They're going to listen to you and say, oh, you know, that's, uh, you know, that's like you said, it's not the legal minimum. Yeah, this is what you're recommending as an attorney, as a best practice. I know there's going to be a lot of people out there that are going to, you know, hrump frump. That's not exactly what the law says. I got to tell you guys, I talk to people weekly. They call into San Diego County gun owners. Uh, they pushed the limits of the law. They got busted by cops. Now they need John's phone number. That's going to cost them money. And I've talked to people that are in tears, you know, going, ah, geez, you know, I did something boneheaded. So what you just heard is an experienced lawyer who's watched people's lives be destroyed by these, you know, ridiculously vague gun laws. Listen to his advice. Take the little extra step that he's recommending. Transport your firearms correctly and everybody will be happy. And if you don't want to do it, you, you know, grumpy old person, 760-642-7150. Write it on the dash of your car. There you go. Thanks, John. All right, John. Always great talking to you, man. Give our uh, best to the family and congratulations. All right. Have a good one, guys. All right. We're going to take a quick break. We come back. It's here. Stump my nephew. Not my nephew. It's his nephew. (laughs) Right here on the Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The Answer. Listening to Gun Owners Radio, FM 961, AM 1170. The answer. Hey, Firearms Policy Coalition has on, been on fire, filing a ton of lawsuits here in California and across the nation to protect your Second Amendment. Together, we are working on all levels to restore your self defense rights, so we need you to join the Firearms Policy Coalition now. People, they are making things happen. FPC just filed a petition for the Holloway versus Barr case to be heard on the Supreme Court. This could be the first 2A case heard by the Supreme Court in over a decade. They need your help. Become a member today by visiting their website at firearmspolicy.org. All right, stump my nephew. Sam the gunman. And you've got a question. I do. Sam, what's up, bud? Not much. How are you guys? Fantastic. It's chilly out here at 60. Oh. 60? Oh, cry me a river. It is. I'm freezing. I almost wore socks today. I know. So, uh, Stump My Nephew, every week we have someone write in. They uh, give us a a trivia question that has to do with guns. If we use it on the air, you get a hat from San Diego County Gun Owners or a t-shirt. If you stump my nephew, you get a front sight membership, an ambassador-level front sight membership, which is huge. That is uh, uh, firearms training for life. I've been there uh, Sam, you've been there. You you took the course with us. It was a lot of fun. Yep. So this week's question is from Monique in San Diego. She wants to know, which firearm went into production first, the Colt 1911 or the Winchester Model 12 shotgun in 12-gauge? Thanks for writing in, Monique. Um, so this is, this is a little bit of a tricky one. Um, outright just on the face of it 
I would I would probably guess that they went into production um, in the same year, but um, the part of the reason why I say it's tricky, other than because it, it relies on a lot of relatively obscure knowledge, um, is because the the 1911 had a lot of developmental prototypes, and it's some people have different definitions of what is truly the 1911, you know, where, um, uh, you know, sort of a, not really a chicken or the egg thing, but at what point the prototypes became the final thing. But I, I, I want to say they went into production the same year, but I might be a little bit off there. The model 12 might've been a little bit later. Unfortunately, sir, Monique stumped you. It was actually the Colt, uh, the Colt 1911, according to... According to Colt and Winchester's Wikipedia page, the Colt 1911 came out in 1911. Uh, it was first, I'm sorry, first produced in 1911. And the Winchester Model 12, which I always thought was indicative of either it was the 12th model or it was 12 gauge. Uh, it, 1912? The same as 1912. It was first produced in 1912 a year later. So it was actually Colt 1911 that went into production first. There you go. So Monique gets a shirt. And she gets a front sight commander Fantastic. level membership. Fantastic, Monique. Still excellent, excellent information from my uh, my nephew. Absolutely, nice job, bud. Thanks. All right, brother. All well, right. we have this new segment coming up. Uh, we're going to do it. I was talking to you a little bit about it, Sam. We're going to do the mic drop this uh, this segment. What do you think of that? Sure, let's have it. <laughs> okay, you want to stay on the line? Yeah, I'd like to right, stay on the line. So we're going to do this new segment here after uh, Stump My Nephew that we're calling Mic Drop. Okay. Mic Drop. <laughs> I love that. I had a feeling. <clears throat> it's where I tell you about some of my thoughts and some of my feelings mm -hmm. on some of our esteemed local elected. And there is a ton of material. So, And, and I just really wanted to create a really cool... Uh, uh, a really cool uh, drop there. So I, you know, and I, and I wanted to come up with a clever name. So it is officially called Mike drop. Mike drop. Nice. Here we go. This week, anti-gun extremist, Nathan Fletcher posted a picture of himself talking to a business owner. Nathan is an elected. He serves on the County board of supervisors, which is like the city council for the County. Uh, the business owner is a guy named Greg Schloss, who owns, owned, unfortunately, A&B Sporting Goods in North Park, San Diego. Greg is the third generation in his family to own and operate their store. If you grew up playing sports in San Diego, anywhere near downtown, you've probably heard of A&B Sporting Goods. They've been around for three generations. So what was Nathan talking to him about? Well, the store is being forced to close their doors permanently because they cannot do business during the government over, overreaction to COVID-19, so they have been forced out of business. Now, listen, don't get me wrong. There's a contagious, infectious disease going around, uh, and it's serious. COVID-19 is something that's very, very serious. Nobody with a serious mindset contests that. But there are two strikingly horrible realities that occurred to me when I saw the picture of elected Nathan Fletcher talking to business owner Greg on his last day of business. The first reality is that A&B Sporting Goods serves the, the needs of mostly kids. That's who's shopping at A&B Sporting Goods. They're the ones that are playing Little League and Pee Wee football. Kids aren't getting sick. Closing the shop wasn't due to science, and it wasn't due to COVID-19. 
It was closed due to political science. The second reality is that these restrictions are in place and being enforced thanks to Nathan Fletcher. Nathan, in all his infinite wisdom, back in February during a news interview, told us all that there was no way we were going to catch the virus unless we were in Wuhan, China, all the way to shutting down business and arresting people who defy it. Okay, Mm -hmm. so when this thing came out in February, he actually went out and said, oh, no, 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 no. The only way you're going to catch this thing is in China. Right. You know, and now he and then quickly went to, hey, we need to shut down business. We need to shut down uh, gun shops, et cetera, et cetera. Beachgoers, restaurant patrons, religious leaders. Nathan wanted them all shut down. He wanted them fined. He wanted them arrested. Nathan had months to prepare for COVID-19. Did he expand the ICU beds? No, he didn't do that. Did he work with the state to handle the influx of unemployment claims? Nope, didn't do that. Nathan lied his way through press conference after press conference, strong-armed business after business, church after church, forcing him to shut down, all the while collecting his six-figure paycheck. So poor Greg, the business owner, forced out of business. Nathan, not a problem at all. The idea that Nathan would talk to a business owner on his last day of operation because because of the government restrictions... Uh, destroying his family's legacy is appalling forget that nathan isn't maintaining a six-foot distance to the business owner in the picture forget that nathan continues to be a fervent supporter and implementer of the exact restrictions that put greg and ab sporting goods out of business focus on just how sociopathic and egomaniacal a person has to be to destroy someone's business and then publicize going to share their condolences on their last day elections have consequences and the election of Nathan Fletcher has resulted in the explosion of government registra- uh, uh, restrictions and the implosion of small business, just like we all said it would when he was running. Nobody listened. And that's this week's Mic Drop. Mic Drop. How about that, Dave? That's awesome. Man. Sam, what do you think of that? Nice job. All right. Thanks, man. I didn't even know you were going to do that. That is absolutely the bomb. <laughs> All right, hey folks. If you're li- hey, if you're listening on YouTube or on the podcast, do me a favor, hit the like button and subscribe button as well, and share this with show with all of your friends if they are Second Amendment supporters or they just care about honest news. I also want to thank our great sponsors, and if you get opportunities to use their services, please let them know you heard it right here on Gun Owners Radio, San Diego County Gun Owners, U.S. Law Shield. Cali Key, the Dillon Law Group, Seal One, PRMI Mortgage, and National Concealed Carry Association. And thanks to my uh, Michael Schwartz, Joe Jermisi from afar, Sam the Gunman, and our digital master, Brendan Thomas, and this fine gentleman that's been working the Facebook. Chauncey. Thank you, Chauncey. I appreciate it. You're the man. And uh, and definitely, go, like you said, go to U.S. Law Shield. Go to Cali Key. If you haven't bought a Cali Key by now, buy a Cali Key. Uh, not only is it going to help you with your uh, with your AR and keeping it California compliant, but that guy, uh, Escanio, is such a good dude. He, he's the only piece the one person I know that's working hard to put himself out of business. I know. Isn't it crazy? He supports your rights. He, he's giving you a tool so that you can keep your uh, AR California uh, uh, ready. The Dillon Law Group, we just heard from John Dillon. That guy, awesome. God, he works so hard. He sure does. I, it's just amazing. So, again, we want to thank you all. This is our first show of the year. Hopefully, you'll stick with us because we are here to fight until the end and with your best interest 
at heart. Don't forget, go to gunownersradio.com for questions, suggestions. Maybe you want to advertise on the show, or maybe you have a product or an idea you'd like one of our testers to test. We are here for you. And again, don't forget, we are all over the world when you tune in. And don't forget, if you're a podcaster, just click on any of them. Go to Gun Owners Radio. You'll find us. We archive our shows at San Diego County Gun Owners. And like I said, we're having enough fun trying to keep us safe. So we will talk to you next week right here on Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. Gun Owners Radio, fighting to preserve and restore your Second Amendment right. Learn more about Gun Owners Radio and how to become a guest or sponsor by visiting gunownersradio.com. Join Dave Stahl, Joe Germisi, and Michael Schwartz every week at this same time as they talk guns and Second Amendment rights. Have fun while staying informed and getting involved. This has been Gun Owners Radio on The Answer San Diego. This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl.